Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host... I invented the piano key necktie! I invented it! What have you done, Derek? Nothing! You've done nothing! Nothing! Michael Preston. I do feel kind of like I've just been, you know, shouting that, screaming into the heavens. The last, goodness, how many, what was it, last week about this time that that decision came down that the Pac-12 was postponing all fall sports until at least the spring, but we all probably know what that means, and we'll explore that in a little bit here. We have no guests this week. I just wanted to put some thoughts on digital audio and not leave you guys hanging for another week it is getting more complicated to do this show with a baby but welcome back to the kook center hour i am as always michael preston uh our new producer is napping luckily she has finally decided to do that for the day as i'm sure so many new parents know the struggles of that and now i'm just rambling on because who plans a show out (laughs) i think i want to start by saying i think you know, to Kyle Bonagura's point, he was on our show last week and it was a great interview. You know, we tried to do it before seeing, you know, or before the cancellation came down the pike or the postponement came down the pike. Um, but nobody wanted this, right? Nobody wanted this to happen. I think it's one of the biggest misnomers I've seen running around social media. And you can thank the likes of Clay Travis for this is that the media or other people wanted this to happen. They wanted the season to be canceled. Nobody wanted that. I I really didn't want that, especially with five or three other Power Five conferences deciding at this point to go forward with things. I really didn't want that. I get it, but I don't like it. And this stinks to a level that it is hard to comprehend. I never thought we'd ever have to talk about anything like this on this show. I never thought we'd have to waste digital ink or anything else on any kind of situation where you're talking, at the very least, about the postponement of college football in the Pac-12. But it has gotten to that point. And like we said last week, this might have a little bit to do with keeping student-athletes safe, keeping schools safe, keeping college towns safe, all that other good jazz. But so much of this is to do with the liability for schools. So much of this is about protecting themselves financially from one of these student-athletes coming down the pipe later on And just absolutely taking them to the woodshed in court. So much of this is about that because of the fact that a guy like Max Borgie gets COVID-19. I'm not, it hasn't, but this is an example. Gets COVID-19, has long-term health effects, and it affects his ability uh, to play in the NFL. Now you're talking about millions of dollars he has the potential to recover from Washington State. And it's not just Washington State. That would have that problem, obviously. That is what this is about. Because, and again, like we talked about before, this is giving the game away. If you say that, you know, Wazoo's full online instruction, but these specific kids need to be on campus. You must be on campus. 
you're giving the game away completely. You're you're just you're giving away amateurism completely by creating a separate class of student from one another. Because again, these kids cannot go out and get jobs. They have too much demands on their time and they are not allowed to be compensated for their performance and service to the university like other people and other majors are. My my wife made money from the university to run cable eight. That would not be the case for a student athlete. Not only would they not have the time for that job, but they could not earn money making that job. So I think still though, that it's the right call. It's not the decision you want to make. How many of us have had to make decisions like that in the last four to five months? I did not want to cancel a trip to Las Vegas with my buddies. I did not want to cancel a trip to North Carolina when my wife was six months pregnant and we had a chance to go visit her sister and brother-in-law for the last time before we had a baby. I do not want to not be able to plan a vacation with my now baby to North Carolina to see her aunt and uncle. I hate all of this. I hate everything about this. But sometimes the crappiest decisions you have to make in life are the ones you don't like that you have to make. And unfortunately, I think this was one of those cases for the Pac-12. They saw the writing on the wall. You had USC going full online instruction for the fall. No way can you welcome back football players, volleyball players, soccer players. And I don't know what other sports they have because that's just what Wazoo has. But you, you cannot sit there and tell these student-athletes to come back onto campus. And I think that weirdly, very weirdly, and I'm not used to this whatsoever, the Pac-12 handled this really well. From John Wilner's report that they're going to try to secure that loan to bridge the gap for everybody. Now, granted, obviously that money's got to get paid back, but it at least kicks the can down a road a bit. And takes that burden away from the schools, at least temporarily. But you also saw them the same day the Big Ten announced they were suspending athletic events through the end of the year and only really their commissioner coming out and talking and really bad messaging. The Pac-12 actually came out And I want to give credit where credit is due here because the conference actually did a very, very good job. They presented a united front. It was 12 to nothing, the vote from the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors. You had multiple Pac-12 presidents and chancellors out in front. You had the commissioner out in front. And you had all the medical advice they got that went into informing this decision also released So that people could say, oh, okay, here is how they came to this conclusion. Now, you can agree with the conclusion or not, but at least what they're presenting to you is, hey, here is the information we used to come to the conclusion that we need to suspend things all the way through the end of the year. There is just not, it is just not a good idea for us to try to have athletic events through the end of the year. The Pac-12 actually handled it very very well because now what you've got in the big 10 is you've got a commissioner and kevin warren i think i'm if i'm remembering his name correctly who just looks like a total idiot because you've got multiple athletic directors and multiple presidents saying that things did not go the way that he's alleging they did including the fact that there may not have even been a vote of the conference presidents to postpone the season 
that we may have just gone forward with this after talking about it. You've got parent groups threatening to sue the conference. You've got lawyers foying things all over the place. So it is an absolute mess in the Midwest right now. Now, it also might be because people care a little bit more about football back there. Now, that might be the case. I would probably agree with that. But you haven't really heard whispers around the Pac-12 of how badly they've handled it. You haven't seen any presidents or athletic directors publicly disagree or fall out of rank with the commissioner, with the conference whatsoever. This goes back to a really good example you have of the TV contract that was signed so many years ago. Of Bill Moose getting USC, UCLA, and Washington onto the same page. This cannot be a thing where it's a 9-3 vote, a 10-2 vote, even an 11-1 vote. It cannot be that. It has to be everyone. Everybody's got to vote the same way. Because... You need to present that united front. If Kirk Schultz votes, no, I want to go ahead with the season, he draws the ire of other presidents in the conference. He draws the ire of his fan base. Either some people are going to be happy, some people are going to be mad. And you just create this national conversation again surrounding you when you very briefly had it around Cassidy Woods and Nick Rolovich. And that has now pretty much disappeared, except for me really bringing it up here. And I'm not doing it to stoke the flame. I'm just bringing it up to say that, hey, look at how that disappeared. It had to be united because otherwise what you get is what's going on in the Big Ten where now you've got shouting matches. I mean, you know, metaphorical shouting matches and you've got people publicly disagreeing with one another, which is never good for the intellectual health of the discussion you're having surrounding that decision for your conference. If I'm putting it in a very weird way. This sucks. It really, really stinks. It stinks for a community like Pullman, the Wall Street Journal released a great video today on the impacts of small college towns, and they featured Pullman in it. It was the feature. And the hundreds of millions of dollars Washington State University visitors and the students pump into that town. Make no mistake, businesses will close in that city, barring some big help from the federal and state government. There's, there are going to be losses of some of your favorite places. And I'm just praying that it's not mine, unfortunately. And I think that my wife and I, assuming the baby is fine, would like to plan to go over for a weekend to at least be there for a weekend and support some of those businesses, if we can. But this is terrible. And it goes back to what I said earlier. It is not a decision you want to have to make. It's not even the decision you want to make. You don't want to say that everything needs to be postponed. You don't want to cancel trips. You don't want to put off visiting relatives. Whatever else that you have delayed or canceled or what have you through all of this. But these circumstances are extraordinary to the umpteenth degree. We have never gone through anything like this in our lifetimes. We've never had such an interruption to normal everyday life in the United States in the way that we are having it right now. And that unfortunately calls for unprecedented decisions and unprecedented things to happen like the like the postponement of football, of soccer, of volleyball. And let's be real. For at least football, it is probably cancellation. 
playing in the spring is going to be very, very difficult. I think it was Purdue's head coach. I think Purdue's head football coach had a had a decent, you know, uh, model for Jeff Brom. That's right. I was trying to remember his name. Jeff Brom had a decent model where basically you're you're taking away some padded practices. You're taking away hours to get in a reduced season in the spring. But you imagine a home game in Pullman in February. Uh uh-uh. uh I can't. You have to play that at the Kibbe Dome. No way would you play that in Pullman. But can you imagine a home game at UW in February? That's miserably cold. Salt Lake, Boulder, uh uh-uh. No way. Soccer and volleyball, more doable. And I hope, because of the excellent volleyball team we were expected to have and a soccer team coming off their best performance in program history. And then you have this decision today from the Division I Council, according to Pete Thamel, that any fall sports student-athletes, they can compete in any amount of competitions and it won't count as a season of eligibility. So that's great. The issue again becomes, and this is where it is so unfair and unfortunately unfair to student-athletes, and I do not envy them in any position. We're going to talk about Tay Martin and Skylar Thomas here in a little bit. But can the school afford it? And then are you going to make adjustments to scholarship limits as a result of that? Because Lord knows if every single football senior, and I would love to have them all back, but if all of them made the choice to come back, you are going to blow through your scholarship limit of 85. You're going to blow through that. So what happens there? But if you're Washington State, you probably can't afford all those scholarships. Can you afford Jihad Woods, Calvin Jackson, and all those guys coming back and saying, yeah, we want to play another year? You would love to be clear to welcome them back. But again, this goes back to what we've been saying. This is not a decision you want to have to make. But in all likelihood for Washington State, it probably means you say, you know what, guys, I'm really sorry. We can't afford it. Please feel free to seek opportunities elsewhere. Hell, if you're Pat Chun and Nick Rolovich, you help them look elsewhere. You make phone calls for them. Nothing about this is good. And saying that it is necessary, I know, does not make it any better whatsoever. I hate, 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 hate that I had to cancel my hotel reservations two weeks ago. I hate that I won't be able to take my daughter to at least one weekend in Pullman, regardless of whether we go to the football game, because Lord knows a two-month-old wouldn't be cooperative, probably. But I hate that I don't get to be in Pullman for a game day weekend this year. I am absolutely and completely gutted by that. Because of how much you guys know, I'm wrapped up in Wazoo football and in Pullman and how much I will sing the virtues of a Pullman football weekend to anybody who will listen. I am absolutely devastated. And I know so many more of you are. And that me saying that this was necessary probably and that this was the best decision they could have made, it does not help that. But at least know that for once... The conference got handling this externally right because you see how much can go wrong in the Midwest. 
We'll tie in a little bit that eligibility talk that Pete Thamel reported today with Skylar Thomas and Tay Martin. We'll do that next here on the Cook Center Hour. We talked a little bit uh, in that last segment about seniors to be. Uh, Calvin Jackson, I said Calvin Jackson, Jahad Woods, but two more of them, uh, Tay Martin and Skylar Thomas, have announced this week that they are going to be seeking opportunities to play football elsewhere this year. Uh, and I want to start by saying that I completely understand it. That... If you are one of them, you don't want to stick around to see if Washington State's going to play football in the spring because as we've talked about and we'll probably continue to talk about as the fall goes on is the logistical impossibilities of it and how difficult it will be. Uh, but you also, you just can't take that chance if you are Tay or Skyler. Kind of in the same way CJ Ellaby declared for the draft, you can't really take the chance not knowing what's going on. Uh, especially for CJ, who's probably got more of a chance to get drafted right away anyway uh, and be making money. But I, I don't begrudge either of these guys, and I don't think you should either. You talk about a guy like Skylar Thomas, who's going to be a senior and a, a fringy NFL-type prospect, uh, a guy who might survive, maybe the CFL, that type of thing. But he probably needs to play this year, and he really needs to be impressive on tape. He needs that tape for the NFL, especially if the NFL is not going to move their draft back at all. They're not going to move the combine back at all, whatever else. That's a, that's totally up to them. The NCAA can beg, beg them as much as they want to to push things back a little bit, but it's completely up to the NFL and the NFL Players Association, and I'm not sure they have any interest in doing so. So for a guy like Skylar Thomas needing to go somewhere to be able to play is critical. Now, the issue, and we'll talk about this with Tay as well, is is there going to be anywhere to go? Are you going to be able to go anywhere and play? Because the NCAA is not bumping up scholarship limits. They've also not indicated that they are going to grant transfer waivers for for kids to play right away. So does Skylar Thomas have to sit out? Does Tay Martin have to sit out? And I don't, Tay has not used his red shirt. But Skylar Thomas has. He would be a red shirt senior. So he's counting on, you know, being able to transfer right away. And that that's a big risk if you're him. Does he end up also just coming back? to Pullman that's a distinct possibility as well because you know it's it's not like at this point in the year there are a lot of rosters out there that are devoid of players most teams have already given out all of their scholarships so Skylar Thomas could in theory he could go walk on somewhere but do you want to pay for school right now if you're him I don't know again that's a decision he has to make and I'm not trying to detract from him whatsoever but that's a very difficult decision to have to make for Tay Martin, this is even more complex. He has a child. And it kind of goes back to what we've talked about with D'Angelo Casto. Is when you're in a situation when you're in college, and I, I don't want to get into the choice of, of you know, what leads to having a child at this age. I don't want to get into it. That's a discussion not for this podcast. But he does have a child. He has responsibilities to a, a baby that is in his care. And for Tay Martin, if if his school is not going 
to be playing football. He either needs to find somewhere else to play football and play right away, or he needs to declare for the NFL draft. Because he he cannot spend a year not playing football right now. Because Tay probably has a better shot at getting to the NFL than Skylar Thomas does. He's got better height. He's he weighs you know he weighs a really nice weight. That's a really weird way to put it. But he's got, got that more prototypical body, and he's played much better during his collegiate career to be able to get that shot at the NFL. And if you're him, you've got to look at it this way, that you cannot sit around and wait to find out what is going on. And I do not blame him whatsoever. I don't think it's a reflection on Pat Chun and Nick Rolovich whatsoever. I don't think at least, you know, outwardly that this is a, hey, I don't like these guys, I don't like the university, I need to run and go elsewhere. Skylar Thomas needs to play because if he wants to play in the NFL, he's definitely got to play this year. And Tay Martin also definitely needs to play this year. And I don't blame them for not wanting to wait around to find out if there's going to be football in the spring. Now, just like Skylar, is there a chance that Tay ends up back at Washington State? Yeah, but that does not help him much. Because again, you remember part of the reason why D'Angelo Castro left was because he needed to make money and he needed to make it now. He had to make money. Because part of what we talked about in the first segment, student athletes really can't go make money. And what I've, I've said for years would be insanely valuable is some sort of fund setup that people can donate to for food, for diapers, for baby clothing, things like that. Ancillary needs for student athletes so that if Tay needed to send food or send clothes or diapers to his to his child's or his child's mother, that he could do that, that he could at least provide material things to help with that. I mean, I, Christ, even donating money to pay a utility bill. I don't care what it goes to. That is so long as it goes to taking care of that child and that child's mother and even that child's father and Tay. But we are not there. We are at NIL, which we are getting there. Okay. And that also all rolls back to, you know, the liability thing and and actually having, you know, so many ADs this week kind of revealing how much these student athletes are worth. But Tay needs help and he needs it now. And so I understand both of these guys making that decision. Again, I don't think it has anything to do with Nick Rolovich, Pat Chun, Kirk Schultz, the university, whatever. And Skylar Thomas even said as much. I think Tay did as well, that it really has nothing to do with the school. And if I'm taking that at face value, and I choose, I'll, I'll believe him on that. That we, we, we love this school, but we need to be selfish right now. And I completely understand that. Because I, I have a little golden rule that I try to live by. And it may seem selfish, but I, I to me it makes sense. Is that you always, always, always look out for number one. And that means if you are yourself and it comes to like looking for a job or your living situation, whatever. If it's just you, you look out for yourself first. If it's you and your wife, you look out for your family or your husband or whatever. If it's you your spouse and your child, you always look out for the three of you or the four of you or five of you. Always look out for number one first. Always look out for number one. Because, you know, when it comes to like a job search and you know you feel guilty about leaving your old company, no, 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 no. Don't feel guilty. Go, go, go. Leave. Go. Same thing here. If Tay feels guilty at all, and I'm not saying he does and I'm kind of inferring it, but if he does, go. Go, young man. 
Go, go. If you can find a spot to play that is going to play this fall, you go do it. Go. And I will cheer for you so hard and hope that you do well enough to get yourself drafted. Because I understand the crappy circumstance you're being put in. He's got to look out for himself. Same way Skyler does. you got to look out for yourself. And I totally get that. That kind of gets lost in the in the team mentality of football. And while that team mentality is valuable in some ways, in, in this instance, they really do need to look out for themselves. Now, don't blame them whatsoever. So best, best of luck to Tay and Skyler. I hope you guys find somewhere to land and that it's successful and that you are successful there and that it works out well for you. That's the most important thing. Let's just get right in to the Dunderhead of the Week and ask Michael anything. Dunderhead of the Week time. This one's going around. This is so easy. I just like... Why are the Rangers mad that Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch? That it doesn't that it doesn't follow some unwritten rule of baseball and Chris Woodward's all in a tizzy because Tatis dared to swing at a 3-0 pitch. How dare he do that? And when I was growing up in the game, we were taught to not swing at that pitch. Yada 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 yada. And you know what? If you're gonna serve up a meatball, swing at it. Why wouldn't you? Like I get being taught 3-0, make the pitcher throw you a strike type stuff right like like i was a crappy hitter in baseball but to get mad at tatis for hitting a grand slam there when you're up seven and by the way like the mariners came back from like 10 down against the padres not so many years ago and baseball is not like any other sport where you can just run out the clock because you need to get outs right so that's that's part of the charm of the game is that you can't just run out the clock you have you have to get guys out it's not timed so, in theory, no matter how unlikely it is, Texas can come back. But what what is the problem with that? What is the problem with a guy having fun swinging on a 3-0 pitch and hitting a grand slam? That is what is going to doom baseball, is that you get mad at that type of thing. And I know I'm like the billionth person to say it, but I had to say it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fun. Dingers are awesome. We all love a good homer. Okay? We all love it, especially Grand Slams with a guy whose hair is gorgeous and he's like one of the most fun players in baseball and he could be a budding superstar. Let that dude swing away as much as he wants to. More dingers. That's what I want. Not fun. So the Rangers, old baseball fogies, all those people. Dunderheads of the week. Let Tati swing. Ask Michael anything time. Found the quote. I didn't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. It's not typically a good time. 3-0. It's kind of the way we were all raised in the game. But the norms are being challenged. Just shut up, Chris. Good God. That's the worst. At Emma Waitwoman. Emma Waitman, her own Emma Waitman. What's been the silliest thing about parenting so far? I got puked on five times last night. Fed the baby a little bit too much. She made it clear she didn't want that much. I think that would be, like, the silliest thing. Like, Yeah. But then also that you're just like so wrapped up in this thing that you never thought you could be. It's just, it's like the weirdest friggin' thing in the world. Never, never had any idea you could be so wrapped up in a baby. It's like, as cute as that sounds. At Nick Pranty, at N Pranty, Nick Pranty, since Shark Week just ended, what is your favorite shark and would you ever swim with sharks? Ooh, yes, whale sharks. If you've never seen a whale shark, 
go ahead and Google a picture. They're like the most gentlest big things ever. And they're called whale sharks because they're gigantic. They are so cool. You can swim with them in Mexico. I think the only issue is, is that like, we usually go to Cabo and they are way up north on the Baja Peninsula. So it's like a nine hour round trip to get to these things. And I don't know that I'd want to spend that much time on a bus. Uh, at WSU Brady 27, El Rolo Loco. Two questions. Most underrated golf course you've played at and why? And also, can I still give a friend crap for having a wedding on what was supposed to be the Houston game, but now obviously there's no game. If I'm the best man, I'm the best man if that changes the answer. Uh, most underrated golf course I've played at. Hmm. I actually really like the University of Idaho's course. It's pretty cheap. And I think I think it's a good track. Uh, Riverbend in Kent isn't bad too isn't bad either. Um and then, oh my gosh, there was one more and I'm just completely blanking on it. Oh, Snoqualmie Falls up in Snoqualmie, Washington is also, it's that's pretty good. Those are pretty good little muni courses. Um, all the rest of them, you know, like all the, I, I usually try to treat myself to one nice round a year and you guys have all heard of those courses that I've played at. Uh, the other one, yes, you absolutely can. Who plans that? Who does that? Like, why would you do that? Do not have weddings on Saturdays or Sundays in the fall. No fall weddings. Hashtag no fall weddings. Do people still do the hashtag thing? At Jimmy the Cook, Jimmy Morgan, when you make a hole in one, what will your celebration be on the tee box and then later at the 19th hole? I've actually thought about this. I would probably just sprint, dead sprint from the tee, leave my bag, dead sprint to the ball, right? And then just like screaming and hollering the whole way. Uh, and then after that, I would get back shotgun, a Coors Light, and then buy, buy rounds because that's what you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do. At Stevie D, Stevie, what is your take on players entering the transfer portal? Do you think it's because of the Pac-12 canceling, postponing the season, or the issues between Rolo and the players a bigger deal than previously expected? We kind of talked about that. I, I think it's it's all the I think it's because of the cancellation and postponement of the season. It just they need to find a place to go, and I, I totally get it. There have been a few other declarations for the draft and transfers in the Pac-12. It just seems like a lot because we focus so much on Wazoo. At CQ8606, social distancing, Sean, should baby back ribs be prepared using a smoker, slow cook pot, boiled, or baked? Note, the answer is not boiled. If you say that, then you would be wrong. No, it's not boiled. Oh, God. Uh, a smoker would be optimal. Uh, baked would be next. Slow cook pot would be, you don't really have a way to get it caramelized on the outside, which is so much of what you want uh, in that, right? You want that, like, nice char on the outside. I know you can't really get that in a slow cook pot. At the Daniel Heist, Daniel Heist, what will you do if, A, your daughter grows up not liking sports, and two, I said A and two, <laughs> she ends up wanting to go to UW. Uh, the second one, I've discussed with my wife, and we're fine with that as long as she has a reason. You know, like, good, you know, like, getting a, getting your medical degree, excellent medical school at the U. Uh, grows up not liking sports. I think that's an impossibility, but, uh, also a likelihood we've discussed, and I, I think that's just a bridge I'll cross when I have when I come to it. And I will support her in whatever she wants to do. She's gonna have to put it with daddy yelling at the football men every Saturday and Sunday in the fall. That's how that's gonna go. No idea when we're gonna have another show, but we're so glad you guys listen. We are very, very grateful for it every single time we do put one out. Your support is always appreciated. We will talk to you next time on the Goop Center Hour. <laughs>